Good morning. You're listening to the XX Files. It's 11.33 in the morning. This is Miranda in studio today, and I'm here with Robin and Gabrielle from the podcast Soft Chew. They're here all the way from Toronto. I'm so excited. I was so excited to do this interview. I couldn't get to sleep last night, (laughs) (laughs) which seems very appropriate for uh, the the subject matter today. Um, So Soft Chew is a podcast about... ASMR artists, ASMR artists, and ASMR communities. So the people who are creating ASMR and the people who are watching it. And Robin and Gabby have developed this podcast where they research and actually communicate with and get to have conversations with artists making ASMR. Hi. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Thanks so much for being in the studio today. Thank you for having us. Very exciting. Yeah. I wondered if you could give a little intro to what ASMR means to you for those listening who don't really know what it is or have heard about it, but... Yeah, for sure. I feel like when I talk to people about ASMR, they're either like, oh yeah, yeah, I know that, or they've never heard of it, so it's a real divide it's true (laughs) it stands for autonomous sensory meridian response and that basically doesn't mean much (laughs) (laughs) we've discovered yeah that um is a term that was coined by the internet and doesn't make a lot of sense there's a huge community of people making content on youtube Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's kind of where this world has thrived and lives and there you know in 2011 there were maybe like 20 30 40 people making this stuff mm-hmm. um and now there are i don't know thousands of asmr yeah. creators we're told that it's like eight percent of youtube videos are asmr so it's yeah. really interesting because it's really really niche and not everyone feels it but it's found this really big home online and it's this really special world that we're so excited to be in and researching and talking to people. Mm. And it seems like really, yeah, reaching out to these artists is all that it takes to become part of this community. Yeah, people talk about like being a member of the ASMR community and I've we've kind of thought about that and talked about it a bunch. Like, are we members? Because a lot of people just watch the videos mm-hmm. and don't really engage. But um, I feel like I'm now... <laughs> in some way a member of it and just just the fact that we've connected with these people a little bit and they are really accessible from what we've found like it's really a lot of them just have email addresses up on their youtube pages and and it's just a matter of sending them an email and they've gotten back to to us Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, i want to be a member so bad but i don't (laughs) know if i am i feel like a like a huge fan more than anything <laughs> you want to be what did you say a member oh, oh, i think you are on the inside <laughs> i learned about asmr from gabby because she was listening to watching the videos every night i was night. going to ask could you talk a little bit about how you were introduced to it or when you first realized you had ASMR? yeah well i feel like you should start gabby because you 
feel like yeah. you knew about it long before I Mine did. segues into your story. Um, so, yeah, so I've had ASMR since I was, a, like, a little kid, as far as I can remember. And I used to always get it from, like, my math tutor. I used to fall asleep being tutored in math because of it. And she was just like, <laughs> wow, you're so disengaged. But I was like, <laughs> I just had ASMR. And um, I also used to get it from Susan Fancy, who is, like, I was tutored and she was like the woman who like led the tutor area and I just Mm. remember looking forward to that stuff because I would get so hypnotized by their voices Mm. and I'd had it my whole life and then I just used to watch a lot of like makeup tutorials because those voices would give it to me and then someone sent me a video of like a vice article and it was about ASMR and it was like this weird thing online people are like you know brushing like using hairbrushes on microphones and I was like oh my god and I was like I don't get it from that I am very voice specific or it's my trigger but I was like oh my god this is exactly what I've had my whole life and I've always tried to find videos online to trigger it and I was like my mind was blown that there was videos being made just for this and I lived in the UK when I discovered it and I remember just like my my good friend there was like you look like you're on heroin like you look like you're on heroin because I just like <laughs> eyes glazed over like in front of my computer all day watching Whoa. these videos is a crazy revelation for me and yeah that's kind of my journey so Gabby came back from London moved into my apartment in Toronto mm. and um I would hear these like videos wafting out of her room <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so I can't remember actually the moment when I was like what are you <laughs> doing in there every day but then she sent me some links to artists like pigs bum 53 and gentle whispering shout out Mm -hmm. um some of the like big asmr people and i just kind of immediately was like oh my god this is insane and really cool and beautiful and started watching them a bunch and Mm -hmm after watching them a bunch then started to feel these brain tingles and things and it's not something that I was like oh my god I've had this my whole life like a lot of people feel that kind of it was more gradual yeah it was gradual I think I just was receptive to it and and intrigued Mm -hmm. by it and I still continue to kind of like as I discover a new artist I'll be like oh yeah I can get tingles from them or this trigger or that and I think it's yeah it's anyone can have it for sure beautiful Mm-hmm. We're we're going to play a short clip from Soft Chew's first episode uh, that's going to introduce you to an artist called Southern ASMR Sounds. Enjoy. Soft Chew. I can't remember when I started watching Southern stuff. Oh, actually, I remember the first video that I saw of hers. It was a library role play because Maria makes a really nice library role play and so I, I i was like i like library role plays i guess i'm gonna look that up and then she came up as one and hers is really nice too that's such a good type of video library ones oh my god I'm so glad you mentioned that <laughs> typing opening books closing books swiping your card doesn't work doesn't work they have to type something in manually yeah like your all of your personal details (laughs) and all of your interests the best is when they type it with long painted nails yeah so long they can't even type properly Thank you. 
how did you like how did you go from um listening to making like what was what changed for you that you decided you wanted to create content of that i have my therapist to thank for that (laughs) actually um it was something i had thought about you know a little bit but i was i was afraid because even though i'm tell i tell people all the time face your fears do what scares you don't you know have confidence in yourself i don't always have confidence in myself and for a long time you you know if i did think about it i think oh i wouldn't be any good at it i don't want to do that you know people what would people say they might not like it they might make fun of me I went through a really bad period of time back in 2015, and I had this great therapist that I started to see because I was really struggling with depression. And uh, and what we what we decided was I was spending way too much of my time taking care of everybody in my life myself. I was not taking care of myself at all, and I had just worn myself out basically. And she said, you need to start focusing on you. You need to do more things for yourself that don't benefit anybody but you. So what what would make you happy? What could you do that is totally selfish that you would make you happy? And we came up with a couple of things, but she said, no, you need more. And I said, well, there's this one thing, but I don't, I don't know. She said, well, what is it? I said, well, it's kind of stupid. She said, well, tell me what it is. I said, well, you know, I, I've kind of been thinking I might, I might want to make uh, YouTube videos. And she said, well, why don't you? I said, oh, oh, I don't know. It might not be any good. And she really pushed me and said, just try it. You don't have anything to lose. Why not? So I made one that night, and I was instantly hooked on it. And I don't think I would have done it if she hadn't kind of pushed me into doing it. Which she really did. She said, you need to start tonight. Why can't you do it? You, What do you need? I said, well, I, I can make one with my cell phone. She said, well, there you go. Make a video tonight. Don't wait. Just go home and do it tonight. And I did. And I was so I was so scared. I was so nervous because I didn't know what to say. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Uh, but I really loved it. And I instantly started thinking of other things I wanted to make videos about. And I was energized. I felt so great to have something that I could do that was just for me that I enjoyed. Hello. Today I would like to show you a few pieces of my jewelry. I have this little box. This isn't all of my jewelry. So we were just listening to uh, the first episode of the podcast, Soft Chew. We were listening to ASMR, uh, Southern ASMR Sound's first video that she ever made. Yeah, at the end there, yeah. It's so special to hear those first attempts from I've seen a couple in in researching for for this interview. It's amazing to see kind of the first efforts. Oh yeah. It's really magical. And also lots of people have kind of grown up in front of their listener base doing ASMR. So yeah, that's it's always cool to dive back into the first videos. Yeah, I always liked when we would interview people on YouTube you can filter by like their most viewed videos and their early like either their earliest ones or the latest ones. I always love seeing the first one Mm -hmm. because some of them, especially their production value has just like gone up so much and they've changed so much. It's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. It's nice to see the contrast between the very, the very like humble beginnings. And then uh, another, another episode we'll be, we'll be hearing a clip from an ASMR artist called Olivia Kisper ASMR. Um, She talks about creating 
a dome for ASMR <laughs> and it's like very elaborate. It sounds like a light show or like mm-hmm. almost like a, a circus performance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, from where she started to where she is now. She's kind of like fading away from the internet and just wants to do ASMR in real life. Right. She doesn't even really watch ASMR videos anymore. She's mm. kind of like transcending that. Um, yeah. Could you talk a little bit about categories of ASMR? Or mm. just totally. hearing, we heard a bit of a library role play there. Uh, we are talking about, about like live ASMR. Yeah, there's lots of categories. I think one of the huge ones is called personal attention, which involves somebody basically sitting in front of, um, like if you were watching the video, they would be looking at you, making eye contact. Usually their face takes up most of the frame and they might just be pretending to have a conversation with you as though you were one of their best friends or their siblings or um, doing your makeup, giving you a spa treatment, brushing your hair. Yeah. And then, yeah, what, what else? Gabby? Yeah, personal attention's a big one. I, that's like my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also um, like just tap, like sort of like tapping videos. There's a lot that'll say like inaudible and it's mm-hmm. just like, like someone kind of whispering but it's not like it doesn't you can't really make it out and they're like tapping things Mm -hmm. there's also like a lot of offshoots now that people say is asmr like there's like a big slime world like people making slime and touching it and that's a sort of part of asmr there's maca mukbang oh yeah mukbang mukbang which is eating videos just people eating things and um so there's lots of different things but i think the original asmr is personal attention videos Mm -hmm. is why lots of whispering yeah speaking really low um personal attention Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and there's like certain types of videos all the asmr artists (laughs) will make at some point there's like an unboxing video of them like getting mail and opening it up or a room tour them like leading you through their room really quietly or there was a big trend of like it's called draw my life where a lot of the asmr creators would do like a you would see them drawing kind of like their life story and explaining it at the same time Mm. i i was going to ask about yeah, I came across, I think one of Southern ASMR's videos was just her like putting together, basically like putting together sandwiches, like with mm. gummy Sounds and like about Boston right. lettuce and <laughs> yes. mustard. And it was kind of more of a, meant to be like a visual ASMR thing. Mm, yeah. And I don't think it was on that video, but on a different one, a commenter who identified themselves as deaf was saying, oh, this is the first video that I've, I've felt ASMR since since I I haven't been able to hear. Oh, wow. Um, mm. And thinking about kind of how to make, yeah, how, how that world is accessible to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I find like people ask, can you, can you just listen to it or do you have to watch too? And obviously mm-hmm. there are no rules and everyone kind of yeah. just gravitates toward what they like, but a big part of it for me is people using their hands in a really kind of gentle Mm. and specific way. And I could see how that would make people with, um, who are, who have different levels of hearing respond really, really well to that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's really interesting that they said that because something we explore in the podcast is like the intimacy of ASMR Mm. and getting that like personal attention, even though it's a stranger who's not in the room, but, 
that being a huge trigger. So I could see if it's, it's still kind of the same fundamental, even if you can't hear, it's like you're getting this personal attention, one-on-one experience. So if you can hear it or you can see it, it could really work for anyone, I think. We're going to play another clip of the second episode. Uh, this is a this is an artist called Kara ASMR. You know, you're reaching people in such remote areas that have so little potentially people around them who they feel like are like them. So it must be so amazing for this community. You know, in this community, there's so many different types of people and. Um, it must just be so important to some people, like a, a like a lifeline, you know? Yeah. There's one thing. Um, I, I was just on the same subject of kind of being a support group to each other. I, I You end all of your videos. People who know you will know this already, but for those of you listening who don't know Kara, um, she ends all of her videos by saying, you're beautiful and you're wonderful and you're loved. Where did that come from? Um, when I was in eighth grade, um, we have state testing, and so I was riddled with anxiety, and I already have anxiety as it is, so I was ready to throw up. And um, the teacher had come over by my desk um, during the test, when she probably wasn't supposed to, but she did anyway, and wrote on a piece of paper those three sentences. And it stuck with mm-hmm. me, and I kept the paper. I ripped off the scrap paper, and I kept it all these years, and I use it as a positive message now. Kara. <laughs> Sounds like just such a warm, beautiful person. And it's amazing for, for those of you who are listening, Robin and Gabby just call these people. And what, what is heard on the podcast is these very casual phone conversations. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of intimacy there. And I wonder, these people are so generous in sharing so much of their lives with you. And I wonder if that's changed the way you watch these videos, whether you still have the same sensations um, or whether they're different sensations. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. I feel like I want to like sit and think about that (laughs) (laughs) before answering. I will say though that I feel like everyone we've reached is, they they seem like they're so ready to just share anything Mm -hmm. we ask them. They want to talk about it. They want to get into it. Um, I don't know. Do you want to speak to that, Gabby, at all? Yeah, I think a lot of them also haven't really ever talked talked it out, kind of. So I think it's interesting when we interview people, you can kind of hear them connecting the dots about even like why they do it or why it's so important to them. Mm. So that's kind of one of the most amazing parts of them being so open is like us kind of having these like questions beforehand planned, but then it kind of just opening them up really be like oh maybe this is why I do this or like that teacher that I had you know or Mm -hmm. yeah that's kind of one of the best parts I think about them being so open and you know we can just email them as Robin was saying but um some of them are pretty big now and they're a bit some of the ones we really want to get on like (laughs) they're you know there's sort of like people around them now and they're it's not as easy to get to them so there's there's, there are people who are actually managed now yeah in order to speak with an upcoming guest of ours we had to go through her management which was was really interesting have you so there's one person that that you talk about on the podcast who is like 
you know, referred to as the Beyonce oh, yeah. of the ASMR world or something like <laughs> yeah, that? Have you, have you spoken to her? <laughs> we yeah. actually haven't even reached out to Maria yet. Um, Maria, right. who goes by Gentle Whispering. Right. Not really because... I wouldn't be surprised if she got back to us right away because she seems to do a lot of media stuff and she sits on panels and she's just a very generous person in general. Mm-hmm. But we're just like, we're not ready. Yeah, <laughs> we want it to be right. for season two. Yeah, we want to be prepared. <sighs> yeah, that's a dream. Yeah. But I, I, I think to go back to your question of if, if it changed anything for me, mm-hmm. is that what you were asking? Like whether, yeah. whether it changed yeah. anything for me? I think I just feel happy. Like when I watch the, the videos of people we've spoken to, I just feel like a little bit more kind of a, connected mm-hmm. to them. And mm-hmm. sometimes they'll reference things and I'm like, oh, we, I know about that. We talked about that. Or Yeah. Right. Yeah. It doesn't ruin it. It no. doesn't like take off mm-hmm. any kind of like magic from it for me. Yeah. 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 I think in general for videos, like it'll always be there for me, but I need the newness of it. So mm-hmm. like anyone, like, I mean, I don't want to say this, but even gentle whispering, like I don't really get tingles that much anymore because I mm-hmm. was like so saturated in it. So I always need a new person. That's what's always going to give me tingles, but I always visit my old friends and car ASMR just cause I like checking in and seeing what they're up to. But yeah, people have a bit of a, uh, expiry date for how long I can get tingles which is pretty sad actually we're gonna play one more clip just to get to a clip from episode three um this is Olivia Kisper ASMR who we mentioned uh earlier she's gonna talk about maybe maybe some negative effects of ASMR I was um watching your recent video where you talk about whether ASMR is sexual and then you just sort of talk a bit about the future of ASMR and in it mm-hmm. in it you said something about people using ASMR in many different ways and one of the ways you said was to indulge in their addictions instead of living instead of working to live aligned with their purpose um, could you talk a little bit about that Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I made one video a long time ago when I said, oh, ASMR is definitely not addictive. And then I thought about it and I thought, well, anything can be addictive. You know, it really depends how we're using it. And just looking at the numbers on YouTube, like how popular ASMR videos are. And I definitely feel that there is the part of us that can get addicted to ASMR videos just because they are so pleasant and if we're using it for, you know, to escape our problems or to escape the life because it's just so much more easy to turn a YouTube video on, then it's it's leaning towards to be more addictive uh, rather than using it um, as a, you would use maybe a massage or something that can really enhance your life, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never thought about about it like that but for me because I have ASMR I don't make videos but I um like I'm in a like a routine where I listen every day before every night before bed and um I guess I am kind of like addicted you know like I, I can't fall asleep without it I'm like sort of dependent on it mm, well then you know <laughs> yeah I mean you know, it's really about how you how you, you know because each person is different and it's really about how I think that like you know like like an honest introspection mm. into like, oh, like really, am I really using like if if people are not able to ever sleep without those, then there's probably something going on, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, it's become such a bad ritual for so many people that they really are watching it every day. 
So, yeah, it's probably something that could be explored in future, you know, like how healthy is ASMR and, and uh, um, can it be damaging? You know, there's like, there's nobody really talking. There's no, you know, it's such a new thing in a way. There's no long term, like nobody really knows what it does to us. Um, but I believe it's very beneficial. So that was Olivia Kisper at ASMR talking about, I don't know, ASMR addiction, can we call it that? Uh, yeah. Um, I know, Gabrielle, you were saying that that's less, that's less a thing for you now, that you don't really watch it every day. Yeah, I don't watch it as much anymore and I think that we were talking about this this morning, actually. We haven't been watching for a little while because we kind of got so into it with the show and everything. But now that I'm going back to it, I'm like crazy triggered. Wow. <laughs> like right? I'm back at it. Yeah. Cool. It's nice to be. Yeah. Back at it. It's nice to be here. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like habits form and then you can evolve past them and then you can dive right back into that habit if you if you want to if you feel the urge and it is I mean you know one could say that it's definitely a very useful tool for people in communities with less access to like alternative healthcare or Mm -hmm. healthcare in general Mm -hmm. to have I don't know just multiple resources to I don't know for sure yeah and I think it's it gives people the feeling even though it is kind of a little bit artificial in that they can't actually speak to the person Mm -hmm. there is this really empathetic um, non-judgmental connection from from somebody who's just spending time with them and Mm -hmm. if that generates you know some stress release or some help to to help them sleep better I think that that is only going to help them in in their lives so Mm. yeah it's a good it's a good thing for people who are feeling isolated for sure right yeah and there's both sides of it there's like the therapeutic part of listening and of making videos so Mm -hmm. it's kind of equal people making videos get just as much out of it and um can work through stuff so that's really really interesting I wondered if I could ask you I asked you to bring oh, yeah. a little surprise <laughs> um, of, of your favorite ASMR sounds that, yeah. that you can make. Totally. <laughs> it's not really fair, I feel like, because Gabby's fave sounds are mostly voices. Right, that's right, true. Gabby? Well, I was going to say, I feel like your voices are very... You know, I feel like we might be creating some ASMR. I think Ooh, you have a really good ASMR yeah. voice. Oh, thank you. Especially through these microphones. I'm like tingling in my <laughs> yeah. brain for sure. I really am. I'm having some thoughts about I'm just how gonna to start do doing ASMR over the radio. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Um, I do think radio is kind of a great medium for it because we can reach people yeah. in their kitchens and bedrooms. And there's something that happens over, like, I get ASMR sometimes from people I don't get it in real life, but on the phone, when I talk to them on the phone, like, the quality of what it does. So I think you're on to something, Miranda. Just doing some sounds here in the background for people. Do either of you think about inducing ASMR in your respective, like, in music and film in the fields that you work? Yeah, I actually had a short-lived band called asmr buds and we performed asmr live it was really tricky though i think we'll do it again but we need to be a little bit more um you need a quiet space yeah you need a really specific kind of environment and and like 
sound engineering to work really well with all the like high frequencies that you need to kind of mm. create those sounds that you're currently squishing a ziplock bag <laughs> in front of the microphone um with some good props in, in the station today yeah one of my well this is my last one's my favorite is a little glass bottle and just like people they tend to like open them that's a really good one and close them that's really nice 